Welcome to the Dash Arts Podcast, Seeing the World Through an Artistic Lens. I'm Josephine Burton, Artistic Director of Dash Arts. And welcome to, I guess, a new podcast series on The Reckoning. This podcast is sort of catching us as we're on our way to making it a reality. I'm Josephine Burton. I am the co-writer with Anastasia Cossidy of uh, this play you're about to hear, sort of excerpts from The Reckoning. The Reckoning is drawn from testimonies that Anastasia and I had the privilege to read, gathered from witnesses from the war in Ukraine, which have been collected by a project called The Reckoning Project. They're they're long-form testimonies that have been collected um, since the war began in, in, in February 2022. And we were given access to, the, to this big archive and have been spending a little bit of time over the last six months working out how we can tell a play with them and take us on a bit of a journey and help us understand what's happening on the other side of Europe and to do it dramatically. So Anastasia and I had a, uh, um, a draft script that we brought to this week. We have a wonderful cast of, of, of British and Ukrainian actors and um, the wonderful composer Anton Bybakov um, and this week we've been playing with a bit of movement, thanks to a wonderful movement director who we had this week with us as well, um, to understand how we can bring this text, we've so, drawn so much from verbatim text, and, and really animate it and bring it to the stage. And um, I'm just grateful to the Goethe Institute for hosting us this week and to our partners for enabling it to happen. And um, yeah, I, I, I hope you have a, a meaningful experience. How does one know that the war is coming? That it will knock on the glass of your window on the ninth floor with a growl of explosions, flashes of missiles and the sound of sirens warning you too too late. late. The calm voices of politicians on TV, a news report about a shell that landed in a kindergarten somewhere far in the east of the country where there's always been war since 2014. From a question of a colleague in the private chat, has it already started? And the unusual silence. Yes. In response. In fact, it will start in a in few, few days. days. The desire to buy medicines for a basic first aid. The Dash Arts has been making work with Ukrainian artists and culture for, I would say, well more than 10 years. and. Um, I have been very keen to find a way to um, create something that bears witness to what is happening in Ukraine, to our friends and our and the culture and the country, and just thought maybe this is the way in to um, to, to creating a piece of powerful theatre that will tell those stories out there in the world, will help people. Um, kind of see the human face to this tragedy and um, understand it better um, and do that in such a way that, you know, create theatre from it, create create, an ex- create a theatrical experience that will take people on a journey, which is rather different to just reading their papers and turning away or looking at like a headline on a phone without really understanding it. So find ways to create empathy in people. When the enemies came, they said, do you remember the shell that hit the kindergarten in a small town in the east where there's always been war since 2014? 
We brought many of the same shells here to your city that we don't need keys to, because in the cities we come to, there are no locks and no doors anymore. And I asked the enemies, why did you come here to my city, to my home? And the enemies answered, because we like them. Why am I making it? Because, um, because these people are my friends, because these stories are incredibly moving. I read them and they grab me and just think, I, I almost like there's one particular story, the story of this individual from, from the, Kiev, the suburb of Kiev. I read it and I thought I was reading a, it was an interview and I felt like I was reading a film script. I mean, I was really excited about it as a work of art as well as simultaneously feeling incredibly moved and upset by reading about what's going on. And I think I'm being kind of driven by two impulses, the impulse to make theatre and the impulse to do something about this, uh, to tell these stories and keep this kind of community's stories alive. Um, it sits quite uncomfortably with me, if I'm honest, because um, there is something, you know, bizarrely kind of conflictual about feeling like the spark of creativity and joy that comes with that. Um, over something so miserable so I often just have to kind of take a deep breath and think I really shouldn't be feeling excited about this work because it's so awful but it's there's something about the the power of the art that um excites and then what happened well when it was already dark one of them came I understood he was the senior of the group he came and pointed at me to be tied in three knots I understood what three knots means it means hand behind my back one rope was tied to my right leg, right here under my knee. There's a hook or a pin hammered into the wall. You can go in there and look. I, I know because I went there after the event, it was still there. And they pulled my head and they tied it on this rope because it was cold. I pulled my leg a lot. I got such a chill from the cold. And I hung there all night till morning. Did they offer you water? No, absolutely nothing. They didn't offer me anything until the morning. I heard gunshots and explosions and swearing. Yeah, if you don't mind me saying, it was all like, fuck, these are civilians, they shot civilians there. Later I found out they shot a convoy of civilians in cars. So I, I think at Dash, we, there's no, one way of working I mean every production every project and every production has a different creative impulse but also has a different kind of makeup of the chemistry of the collaborators that come into it and so every time I sort of start fresh and build a new relationship uh, with Anastasia we, we we'd work together a little bit on the Crimea 5am but actually this project Reckoning was the first time that we'd co-written anything so we've really trod very carefully and quite kind of sensitively towards the piece towards the collaboration um we brought in uh, the wonderful lou platt who's a well-being practitioner and a therapist to help look after ourselves um as we were encountering this material and lou came back back last uh, to into the rehearsal room to work with us and the cast which was also phenomenal and really needed to think about how we were going to treat this material and treat ourselves in the process yeah uh, reading it here with all of you it was uh a lot easier 
and uh, lighter. Because when I've read it uh, by myself, uh, I felt, to be honest, very like down. Uh, it was uh, hard to read, and uh, yeah, I thought it is uh, so oh, dark material. But here it feels like it's uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, especially when like hear it out, uh, like hear it uh, when when it's read out loud. Uh, there are like. Um, Funny moments, <laughs> yeah. It is also ah uh, relieving. Did anybody else feel like your first reflection upon hearing it and it feeling lighter, more hopeful? Did anybody else have that yeah. experience? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I shared it too. Yeah. Let's hear. Can we hear a little bit? Every time, <coughs> every time I'm thinking about this script, uh, I ask myself why. They are survived, and mm -hmm. at the very end, you understand that uh, the most important things is family, dogs, cats, <laughs> and your belief in God and in your really close persons, and you will survive if you help others to survive. Reading this, uh, when we're reading these stories, there's like inner conflict for me because conflict between, <coughs> by one hand, I see we're reading the stories, horrible stories which already happened, and it's kind of a, okay, it's in the past. Mm. But in the same moment, I know that it's so present and it's happened every day now, still, mm. these kind of stories with people on occupied territories. And my co-writer, Anastasia Kosidi, who is a Ukrainian playwright. Kind of finding ways that might tell powerful stories um, that bring a human face to the tragedy that's unfolding still in Ukraine as a result of the Russian war crimes. And um, find ways to stage them in dramatically compelling ways. Well, it was very intense uh, five days. It's a bit weird and also fantastic that only like in a four and a half day time we kind of read through and then started doing physical movements and then connected with the music, rewrote some of the text and then, yeah, it turned out to be a almost proper production. Beforehand, after some of the people from the team gave also the feedback about the text, there was a concern that it can be just maybe too harsh, too hard, too tragic. And then when we read it for the first time through, uh, we suddenly realized like, okay, yeah, it's very hard too, but it's it's possible to work with it. It's possible to live through it, also through the team, and still draw some light moments, some funny moments, and uh, yeah. Of course, there will be we will be rewriting the text with Josephine on on January next year, and I think like there will be some cuts, and we will also add some things to make all the stories just a bit more clear, uh, a bit more neat. But in general, I think I also, um, I think on the second day of rehearsals, we finally understood like what is the dynamic of all of the characters, how they interacted with one another, because it's a bit different on stage, obviously, than it is in the page. Um, and I'm personally very happy about it, you know, and it, it makes much more sense now after these rehearsals.
things excite her that also excite me things that you know I feel very instinctively quite often that like the words sort of serve themselves or we need to be subtle or we can't this is too we don't need to mention this or this was too much and often she'll she'll feel very similarly or she'll only say that she feels similarly as we meet so I've really loved working Manatasia. The first work that I saw, the songs for Bob and Yarit kind of put a lot of trust into me um, that these people obviously understand Ukrainian context quite deeply um, and I don't have to explain a lot of things, you know, and be a sort of on one page. And uh, yeah, we started working with Josephine on this text, I think in summer, uh, in Berlin, in Gorky Theater. And uh, we read a lot of uh, documentary materials, we discussed them, we decided uh, which uh, should we pick and how should we approach in general the storytelling of this uh, play? We also decided, for example, that it shouldn't be a purely documentary play, that we should include also the elements of the fiction in it. Um, and I was very happy about it, I have to say, because in my opinion also oftentimes fiction, um, maybe like post-dramatic fiction and theatre can explain certain things much better than the pure documentary monologue of a person. I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear Anastasia reflect, and it was a lovely moment because I didn't, I'd only ever encountered Anastasia and had with, with doc, kind of mainly documentary-based work. I know she's done much more than that, but I, I'd only read a few of her plays that were. So um, when I, when when we started that conversation, I was just thinking, I, I feel like often you see documentary theatre and it's sort of monologue and then a monologue and then a monologue, and it's very hard to kind of invest in invest in the characters I often feel when you're when you're when you've got that sort of disconnect and you're not watching a story so I was really keen that we found a way to build you know for the kind of the heart of this piece be a story um, and it was kind of beautiful it was a kind of a beautiful encounter in that moment when I realized that Anastasia and I were on the same page I was sitting in a bar with a friend not from Ukraine we had a lot to drink or maybe it was the cigarettes we'd smoked I said, look, I made a list of the people with the best sense of humor by region in Ukraine. You can trust my charts. So, the funniest jokes are made by people from Kharkiv. They're in the first place. Second place, Donetsk. Third place in my special joke Olympics are the residents of Zaporizhia. Aren't you from Zaporizhia, my friend asked. I said, no, I'm from Irpin and from Zaporizhia too. And then we talk about friendship, although we weren't ourselves close friends, and yet still I think people from Eastern Ukraine are easier to befriend, I said. You don't need to have relatives in common or any sign of clan like people in Western Ukraine do, or in this country of yours where we're sitting. I wonder why, my friend asked, and I said because most of our relatives were killed at some point, during famine, by revolutions, by war, and then war again. Yeah, so we, we one of the scenes, like a completely fictional scene that we have in this play, is a sort of a monologue of the main character. She sits and she retells the story that she, she told her friend in a bar. She thinks about the friendship and how people make friendships, that in the west of the country where, you know, the occupation by the Soviet Union came much later and it was also a different story in the Second World War, people still kind of make friends based on the 
relationship in the early life and through the you know the the relatives and so on and so on whilst in the east of ukraine it's different um and it is because you know uh this part of the country was you know completely wiped out after the um revolution 1917 and then there was the famine actually a few times and then there was Uh, the occupation by the Nazi Germany and <laughs> reoccupation by the Soviet Union so um oftentimes people don't have a lot of family ties and oftentimes people also don't have a big uh, memory of their family like for example I know my family only to the third like degree I remember I know like for certain who are my like grandma and her mom but not further than that and we also don't have any family relics let's say big ones only those that you can carry with your own yourself in the back um and it's also kind of connected to the stories that these people are telling because it's all repeating again when we hear the story of the people who are hiding you know the documents and also family relics in the ground in a you know plastic bags so at some point they can return and take them out of the ground but it's such a generational story that repeats itself that I thought okay I need to maybe write something fictional about it because to, to also to explain it finding a way to to sort of to keep the darkness but continue to keep the joy so that there's moments of relief in the theater that the actors feel it too that the community the audience feel it too is really the challenge for me how to, how to make powerful theater but the russians never got to mikolaev not the city but part of the region was occupied I spoke to this dentist, an older woman who got stuck there. Ну, це ж треба було організувати роботу стоматологів, стерилізувати інструментарій, світла не було, води не було, нічого не було. Одяла пуховий платок, косинку, обмоталася, тепліше одягнулася отак платками. So from the beginning we wanted to um, um, invite Ukrainian actors uh, to this production and we also thought like should we ask them to play in English or should it be in the original language and for now we decided that it would be nice um, that Ukrainian actors speak in Ukrainian most of the time and um, you know i i'm this is one thing that i'm glad of in, in european and in british theaters and that i wish for ukrainian theater much more that audience is, is more or less used to reading subtitles and i generally think that it's good when the play has more than like a, more than one language let's say on stage um and um i i guess it gives something also because every language is different in the temperate and the expressions of the of the language and um yeah and i think it's 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 also right for this for this production І це все було як, ну це, ну це ж веселощі, ну, але ж вони цього не розуміють, ну вони за це навіть забирали. So you also deleted the photo? Mm-hmm. Видалила, видалила, а, а що було? Mm-hmm. You know, there was this pile of broken phones 
near the checkpoint taken by Russians from people then broken. I guess it was to stop them passing information to the Ukrainian army. But, you know, I hear so many stories of people risking everything and finding a way to smuggle information out. Even people sometimes. Hello, I'm Christina Catalina. I'm senior producer at Dash Arts. I'm also an actor. I've been acting over 20 years now and I had the privilege of taking part in the R&D for The Reckoning um, as an actor, playing one of the parts in um, Anastasia and Josephine's script. Obviously, this will be a piece of theatre and, and there will be other elements to support that, that you know, I mean, things could change, but obviously there's music, there's movement, there probably will be projection, there's staging, there's set, there's lighting. But in terms of the way we were acting the piece, we felt like we needed just to be very, um, yeah, untheatrical, very, very just real, uh, just giving those stories the space, the breath for people to hear them and to, to do them as honestly as possible, um, with no caveats on top, if you see what I mean. And, yeah, there was a purity to it and an, and an honesty and an openness and a vulnerability. I think that was also a really big part of it because most of these characters having to re retell some very difficult stories. And, in fact, the artist wellbeing practitioner was telling us that actually when somebody tells a traumatic event over and over again... Um, it's almost like a little portal. You do learn to close that portal more and more so that you're not like, you know, re-traumatizing yourself every time you tell it. We were maybe trying to do a little bit of that and then finding points where, where, where are the cracks here? Um, and there's always this underlying wave of vulnerability that is just, just there bubbling underneath the surface. It's been great and actually really insightful to, to be on the inside, so to speak, and, and work on the script creatively. And now it's time for me to put on my producer hat back on um, as we forge ahead and, and create more partnerships to enable us to bring a full production of The Reckoning in front of an audience. And in the meantime, I just want to say a really big thank you to all the wonderful individuals and partners who have supported us so far including Open Society Foundations, the Frit Award Foundation, Goethe Institute in Excel and Goethe Institute in London and Cambridge Junction, and of course, all our talented cast and creatives and our partner, The Reckoning Project. It's still really the beginning of the, the journey towards the show. Uh, I'm going to do some more work on the 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 production with Anastasia and we have a little outing uh, I think it's the 20th of March in Cambridge when I'm going to be chatting about the the piece of the show with professor of Ukrainian studies Rory Finnin at Cambridge University um, with um, potentially some little excerpts more excerpts from the production and so that's the kind of the journey towards a production which we hope will be staged and be live in the UK towards the end of 2024 and I can't wait to share the show with you next year. If you like the Dash Arts podcast, please review us online, share with your friends and tell us what you thought because we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. <laughs>